Apostle David and Dee come from South Africa initially. Then they moved to the United States where they now live, but they travel all over the world. And I believe you've just come back from Belgium. Is that right? Yes. So God bless you. I'm going to hand over to you, uh, my brother. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. I always get excited when I'm around people that are on fire. Amen. I get excited because we are living in such exciting times. I'm telling you, we are just, we've been to Germany. We've been to Holland. We've been to France. We've been to Belgium. And I want to tell you something. I am so encouraged to what God is doing around the world. Amen. Um, when we leave here, we leave, we go to South Africa for two weeks. Then we go back to the United States and then we travel again. I don't know how many other places, but we have, we're going to be busy this year. But it's, it's not just about being busy. It's about being effective and productive. Amen. And so let's just pray. Father, tonight I pray in the name of Jesus that you are adorning your bride and bringing her into a place of maturity. And Father God, tonight we receive every single download, outpouring, insight, revelation that you have for the church. God, we want to be the burning ones. God, we want to be the ones that are a light, a flame, full of your glory, full of your power, God. Lord, igniting cities and nations around the world. So Lord, tonight I pray that you help me to articulate what you've shown me to speak about tonight, God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I just waited on the Lord today, and I said to thee, I'm, I'm not going to come with any notes. I just want to speak to you out of my spirit. Because I think sometimes, you know, we get so cluttered with all our notes and stuff, and it's great to have notes. It's great to tell stories and speak about all sorts of stuff. But I really feel we need to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. God is speaking loud and clear. And I want to go straight into the Word because I'm going to take you to various places in the Word tonight. And the first place I want to take you is to Haggai chapter 2. In Haggai chapter 2 verse 6, how many of you know that over the last two years, 199 nations were affected by COVID? Do you realize that it's the same amount of nations that were affected during the Second World War? 199 nations were affected. Some people were neutral. Some nations were neutral, like Austria and Switzerland and places like that. But 199 nations were affected because of all, this, all sorts of things that were going on. There were sanctions. There were food shortages. There were fuel shortages. There was all sorts of stuff going on. And yeah, in the last two years, we've seen the same happen and hundreds of our friends and hundreds of our pastor friends that we know were affected. We actually lost some dear friends, pastors, from COVID. And God started to speak to me, and he said, this is the season that I'm shaking nations. And I heard that from different people, and I was saying, God, what does that mean? And I was so delighted to find the scripture. How many of you know you cannot go wrong with the word of God? We've got to stay in the word of God. We've got to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through his word. And by his spirit, I believe there's no other time in history where you've got to know the word of God. You've got to know the word, not just hear about somebody's memory verse or some memory verse. You've got to be in the word. You've got to listen to God's word. God's bringing the church back to the word. How many of you know that God is redigging the wells? I believe this is a season 
that God's going to redig the wells. Every time you read about any type of conflict or any type of blessing or any type of breakthrough, it always, it always happened around wells. And I believe this is a well. This is not just an historical well. This is a spiritual well. And we've got to go after the wells. Amen. Come on. And uh, I remember when I worked underground, I'll get to that scripture in a while. Just give me a little bit of time to get some stuff off my spiritual chest. Amen. I've got some, how many of you have heard that before? I just want to get this off my chest. Well, I'm going to get this off my spiritual chest. Because I, I just get so excited. I remember we were working underground and on the mines in South Africa, I was a ventilation officer. That means my responsibility was to go deep down underground and find where the men were working and making sure that they had air and they had cold water and, and because it was very hot down there. Two, uh, two miles underground, it's hot, like 52 degrees. 56 degrees, your eye, starts, your eye will actually burst underground. And so I had to make sure the temperatures were, were good. But the biggest danger underground was when they hit a well, an underground well, when they're busy drilling into the fa rock face. You'll have, you get 20 people drilling underground with big drills, and, and those drill bits are eight foot long. And they're drilling into the hard, solid rock because they need to blast the rock away. And the biggest danger is when they drill into a well because it floods the whole mine. And I believe that the church has been drilling and the church has been, been exploring and we've been knocking on heaven's door. Guess what? I believe in the next, in the next days, hours, months, I, I'm not going to put a time on a well next year, maybe. No, I believe right now in this present moment, we are about to hit a well. And that well of the glory of God is going to come on the church like never before. And we're going to see, not just hear about you know, transformation, it's great words we use. We use the words transformation and we use, you, and we use words revival and we use reformation and we use all these great words, but we don't see the exploits. And I'm saying, God, it's time for the church to see. It's, it's for the world to see. Amen. Come on. When you drive through your city, how many of you know that there are lights everywhere in your city? There are lights over shops that don't even need lights. Because it says to let, they're gone. Bankrupt, but there's still a light. Why? Because somebody forgot to take the light off. When you drive through the town, there's hundreds of traffic lights. And we know that every light that we, it's amazing. Dear myself said, yeah, in England, you stop and then the light goes um, red, orange, and then green. It's like, wow, that's different. Amen. But, but have you ever asked yourself the question, Lord, does the city actually see the light in us? How many of you understand that the concept of being the light of the world? How many of you understand that we're not to be the light of the church? We want to be the light to each other, and that's cool. But we've got, we are called to be the light to the world. Amen? Come on. You've got to get the light out there. You've got to get the flavor out there. You've got to get the fragrance out there. You've got to speak to somebody. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You've got to tell your story to somebody. How many of you realize that? that? That, you know, when the light goes red to orange to green, we're ready to pull off. Boy, I'm ready to dice somebody. You know what dice means? To beat somebody to the next traffic light. Amen. Come on. And when that traffic light turns, I'm ready to hit the, hit the pedal to get to the next. I know that none of you break the speed limit. Maybe it's just me. But I want to tell you something. The world is watching the church. 
The world is waiting. Dean myself saw it in Belgium. We went there with great anticipation because all our the whole itinerary was just about leadership. Leaders, 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 leaders. I'm thinking, Lord, what is this about? He said, I'm, I'm reforming the minds of leaders. I want you to go and get the leaders ignited again. If we can just get the leaders excited and ignited again. If we can just get them out of their whole mindset of aid, you know, we have to do this. No, get excited again. Come on, don't lose your first love. But while we were there, I, we didn't even have altar calls. I would just be preaching and God would say, that person over there, that person over there, that person. And every single person that gave their life to Jesus, over 20 people were all called out from the congregation. Words of knowledge brought people into the kingdom. That's what God's doing. Amen. Come on. Healings were taking place in people. Amazing stuff. We smelt the aroma of Jesus one Sunday morning in the service. The aroma of Jesus was so overwhelming. It's like you couldn't ignore it. Jesus is visiting the wells. He's visiting his people. But he's not just visiting. It's not just opening the door and, and having a little glimpse and then closing the door. And, you know, that's what we do. Beep, beep. God says uh, he's opening the door. Jesus is coming in. He's walking amongst these people. And guess what he's doing? He's not just walking amongst you, just taking roll call. Come on, church. What he's doing is he's walking amongst the people and he's releasing gifts and he's releasing anointings and he's releasing power and he's releasing all sorts of things on his church. He's adorning the bride. You can't leave places like this feeling the same. Come on. You can't be boring during the week and then come here on Sunday and eat a five-course meal and be boring on Monday. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that wherever you go, and I'll, con I'll continue to speak the same word that God showed me last year. He said, wherever you go, you create an ecosystem. What does that mean? It means that wherever you go, things start to grow around you. Things come to life. People come to life. Amen. Come on. Come on. People come to life. When you walk into a building, people come to life. When you're doing your shopping in aisle nine at, at, at Idle. Sorry, that'll flake off tomorrow. Is that called Idle? Idle. Little Morrison's. How many of you go to Morrison's? Aisle two. Something's happening in aisle two. People are getting healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is not just about a prophet coming in here just to give you a prophetic word about stuff. This is a word of the Lord that God wants to stir you up. He wants to stir your faith. He wants to give you vision. He wants to give you insight. He wants to get that love back on the inside of you so that you just walk around and you are love struck because Jesus touched your life. How can you live your life in a world full of hatred that, well, you know, it's their problem. It's not their problem. It's the church's. It's our opportunity to see people saved and set free. So let me read that scripture. Are you guys okay? This week, we're going to have an amazing time with God. That lady sitting right in the corner there. What's your name? Right there in the corner. Yes, you can just stand up for a second. Just stand up for five minutes. Two seconds. God is going to deliver you from depression. God's going to deliver you from addiction. God's going to deliver you from pain. God's going to deliver you and set you free. This is going to be your freedom. I'm telling you. 
God is going to give you a freedom song. Are you born again, honey? Come. Just, let, just put your hands out like this. Just come here. Come here. You see, it's already happening. God just showed me. People are going to get born again. I'm telling you. Come. Just come and get born again. Come and get born again. Not saved. Born again. Give me your hand. You can touch her. Love on her. Look at me. It's time to get healed. It's time to get out of the place of all the fear, all the fear, all the suicide thoughts, all the stuff. In the name of Jesus, God wants to set you free tonight. So I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight, I thank you that you went to the cross. You went to the cross for me. You died, Jesus, for me. And tonight by faith, tonight by faith, I receive you. I invite you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you washed me in your precious blood. And tonight, I turn around and follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give her a big hand. No more depression. No more oppression. No more self-hate. No more addictions. No more giving your heart to people that will just betray you. But tonight, Jesus has come into your life, and he's become your bridegroom. Woo! And I pray that all these people that you came with will give you a Bible, and they will help you, because now you're like a little baby. You're like, like a, a one-day-old little baby. Yes? And now you're going to start to grow, and these people are going to help you, and they're going to show you how to read the Word and how to get excited. Amen? Come on. That's what's going to happen. Give God a hand. Amen? You see, if we can just see what God sees, if we can just start to see, you can go and sit down. Give her another hand. You see, if we can just start to see... If we can just start to see what God sees, if we can just start to perceive in our spirit that there's many people, they're going to come into this building and they're going to get healed this week. They're going to get born again. They're going to get saved. They're going to get aligned. They're going to get all sorts of shiftings and alignments are going to start to happen because we're in the spirit realm. Amen. Come on. We're moving from natural thinking to supernatural thinking. Amen. Come on. That young lady said, I, I just, I need to do this. That young lady with, you wanted a prophet, you're going to get a prophet. We'll get there sometime tonight. But that young lady sitting right there, I want you to stand up. Right there, I'm looking right at you. Yes, you look, you're turning around right now. Yes, ma'am. Just stand right up. The Lord is saying to you that this is going to be a season and this is going to be a time that I'm going to start to create a prophetic, supernatural anointing in you as you get healed, as you get restored. As you come into that place of relationship and intimacy with God, the whole realm of the supernatural, the prophetic realm, the writing realm, the journaling realm, the, 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 the poem realm, the creative anointing, the creative abilities, and the creative gifting realm is going to come on you like never before. Amen. Come on. Not a small measure, a great measure. Because when you start getting an understanding of what you are and who you are, you're going to start to see healing take place in the lives of the people around you. 
Hearts are going to start to get healed. Mindsets are going to start to get healed as you minister and bring other women into a place of relationship with God. Amen. Come on. And so I, I just, I'm telling you, God's going to do some things. So let's look at he, um, Haggai chapter six. This is on page 1203. So some of you are paging, some of you are swiping. What does that mean? You're either on your phone looking for this page or you're paging in the Bible or you're taking notes. Amen. Because what I'm speaking to you about is relevant for this hour. God is speaking to the church and he's saying, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while. Now, how many of you know that the little while has passed? It's now present time. Right now, I am shaking the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. There is a shaking going on. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. Let me stop there for a second. How many of you have ever been to a diamond mine? You need to make a little trip somewhere to a diamond mine. Because what happens in a diamond mine is exactly what's taking place there. The sieve is shaking. There are things shaking all the time. That sieve doesn't sh stop shaking. And they're keeping on, they keep on throwing spadeful, spade loads full of sand and pebbles onto the sieve that's shaking. And guess what's, um, guess what's been caught in the sieve? Diamonds. Because everything else that's not a diamond, the, the, the motion of the sieve breaks them up. And so all you got left with on the other side of the sieve is dust. And God says, I am shaking nations and I'm picking out the treasures and I'm picking out the diamonds that I'm going to use in the last days where I start to pour out my glory. Now listen, I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. So we're in the season where God is shaking. He's shifting things. He's bringing things into alignment. We're going to see a greater outpouring of God's grace on the church, a greater outpouring of mercy, a greater outpouring of his love. Because let me tell you right now, nothing will happen without his love. I don't care how accurate you are in prophecy. I don't care if you can preach in Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese. But I'm telling you, if the, if the little thing called love is not present in the core value of your expression, you will never see anybody healed. You won't see anybody touched. And this is what God is saying. He's saying, I'm going to shake. I'm going to bring things into restoration. And I'm going to birth into my bride such a glorious impression of who I am that when they open their mouths, the expression that will come out of their mouth will align with the impression that I've put in their spirit. See, let me tell you right now, you've got to listen to this. Unless you have an impression of the kingdom of heaven on the inside of you, unless you understand the impression of Jesus on the inside, you will never have an expression. See, we know how to do all the shandai shandai, but we don't have an impression. We, we, we know how to do all the things in church, and I love church. I love the local church, but when you leave this house, you've got to carry with you the, 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 the sustainability of the kingdom of heaven. That you actually sustain not only yourself, but you sustain the environment that you live in. That everywhere you go, people are being infected. How many of you know that you are infectious? How many of you realize, that, realize these days when people start sneezing around you and start coughing, it's like... Mm -hmm. 
they're infectious. I'm going to get some weird disease. Well, guess what? It's, it's like, I've, I've looked at people, they don't even want to cough. It's like, I mean, cough, brother, cough. But the church has not left anything out there for people to have a reference point to. Are you hearing me? Jesus has not changed. His, the gospel of the kingdom has never changed. We've changed. And it's almost like we've gone into hiding. We've gone into places where churches are in hiding. People, pastors don't want to do church anymore. Everybody's hiding from this demonic thing. And God says, no, I want my church to come out of the closet. I want my church to come out of hiding. You are my glorious ones. Come on. The glory of the Lord is going to fill this house. Yes, we've all been shaken around a little. Shaken, not stirred. We've all been shaken. But there's like this amazing, there's no gloom hanging over England. There's this open heaven over England. There's an open heaven over Bradford. There's this, I was lying on my bed today just praying and praying, and I saw outside our window, it was gray and dull, and I prayed, and suddenly there's a hole in the sky, and it got bigger and bigger. And I said, D, there's blue out there. And God spoke to me and he said, hey, we've got to change our mindset. We've got to change. Listen to me. It's not a heart change because you're all beautiful people in your hearts. It's your mind that has to change. In other words, you've got to see yourself as carriers, as messengers, not just survivors and victims. But you've got to change your mindset and say, hey, we're healers. We are the healers. Jesus is the healer, but we are the healers. We're the ones that take the message out there. Amen. Come on. I'm not surviving. I'm not a victim. I'm living from victory. I'm living from God's glory. Amen. Come on. I'm seeing things in the spirit. I'm experiencing the most amazing stuff. And it's like you want to walk up to people in church and you want to just put your finger or your hand down their throat and pull out the eagle. Just lay hands on yourself tonight. Every one of you, just lay hands on your body and say, Jesus, I'm thanking. I thank you, Jesus, that the eagle is about to come forth. The eagle, the eagle, the lion is going to come forth. There's a roar coming out of me this year in the name of Jesus. There's a roar is coming out of me. There's a roar. The lion of Judah is coming. The lion of Judah. Come on. I'm going to start roaring. And the way I roar is I roar through the giftings and the anointings. And I lay hands on the sick. That's how we roar. Amen. Come on. We, we, are, we are designed. Listen to me. There is a definite, there's a definite part of the kingdom. There's a, there's a definite part of God's kingdom that is being purposely designed to manifest on earth. But you've got to carry it. You've got to look for the opportunities. You've got to start looking and perceiving in your spirit and looking and perceiving and saying, what does this person need? How do I steward what I carry? Let me tell you something. This church is like a vault. You've got a massive vault here and it's full to the brim with the most amazing treasures, with anointings and mantles. And God says, I'm going to start teaching them how to steward what they have in this vault. This well doesn't even go, this, this vault doesn't go five miles down. This vault goes 10,000 miles down and 10,000 miles up. This place is massive. But you've got to start to access it. It's like the devil will say, well, you know, if I showed you a glass of water and I poured some water in a glass and it was half full and I said to you, this, is this glass half full or half empty? You know what the devil will tell you? It's half full. Oh, no, it's half empty. 
It's really towards empty. But God will always tell us it's half full. And so we've got to get into agreement with God. We've got to get into agreement with heaven tonight. Come on, this, the, if there's only one thing you take away from tonight is this. You've got to be in partnership with God. You've got to say, God, I'm going to get into partnership with you. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is saying that you've been shaking nations. But God, I thank you that all the things that the, the nations need will come and you'll fill this house with glory. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. How's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? It's going to happen when we, you and I, start to understand that we are revival. You know, I, I sit and listen to leaders and everybody's speaking, well, the revival's coming. Really? And so I started giving it more thought and more thought. And God said to me one day, you revival. You are revival. You revival. You're, with everything that in the context of what he's given us, the spirit of God, the spirit of creation, the spirit of life, the spirit of, of healing, all the giftings of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that, 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 that the Holy Spirit was present at creation? So how much of the Holy Spirit did you get? You sure? Did you, did you get just a little bit of the Holy Spirit? Or did you get the same person that was at creation? Did he come and live inside of you? Now come and give me a bigger yes than that. Yes. You've, got to, you've got to kick fear and doubt outdoors. And you've got to get into agreement and say, this week I'm going to get bold. I'm going to get strong because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. It's not just a, a, a ghost. It's not just a little a, a, a vapor. But the person that was at creation that hovered over the earth now lives on the inside of me. Yeah. Amen. Come on. And I'm going to start transforming my mind. I'm going to start renewing my mind. And I'm going to start to listen and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because Jesus said it. I think I asked last year when I was here. How many times? Jesus said something 16 times. I said, asked the same question last year when I was here. If you know the answer, put your hand up. Jesus said something 16 times in the New Testament. Besides faith, besides power, besides love, I'm giving you a clue. Besides all the things he spoke about, there was one thing he said 16 times. What is it? No. Yes, ma'am. If you have ears to hear, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. He said it 16 times. I should have said there was a prize. She would have got a prize. Why would Jesus say that? Because he wants us to understand that we can do nothing outside of the Holy Ghost. Absolutely zero. I don't care if you've got 16 doctorates in theology. You can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. And God's teaching me in this season, we are going to be trained in the power of the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth knew the Holy Spirit. He operated in the Holy Spirit. He did nothing without the Holy Spirit. He did nothing without the Word of God. He married the Word of God with the Spirit. There was harmony between the Word and the Holy Spirit. That's why Smith could do the things he did. Why? Because he operated out of a different dimension. 
He operated from a different set of laws. It wasn't natural laws that he was operating from. He was operating from spiritual laws. Amen? Amen. And we seem to miss the boat because we all is, we're all waiting. I almost said we is all waiting. That's not English. That's Australian, I think. But we're all waiting for something. We're all waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. It's like we're at the train station and the train is in the station and the train is full and we're still waiting. And yet you've been given the Holy Ghost. You've been given all the stuff. Listen to me. God will never, ever embarrass you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 proves that. And you shall receive power. How many of you know the word shall is present future? So from the moment you got saved into the future, into eternity, you've not just received Jesus, but you've received an impartation of the Holy Spirit. And yes, one of the gifts is the gifts of tongues, which is the evidence. Amen? Amen. That's why it's important to have a spirit language so that you can keep on speaking in the spirit and building up your inner man in the spirit. Amen? Come on. We've forgotten sometimes all the basics of basic training. And God says, no, I want to take the church back to a place where we can start training ourselves to pray in the spirit, get in the word of God. Amen? Come on. And then start being activated through the love and the compassion of Jesus. That's what moves me. That should be moving you. I'm not moved by the fact I can prophesy. I'm moved by the fact that Jesus loves me so much that he wants me to tell other people. Amen. Everywhere I go, I'm like a walking amplifier. I just tell people all everywhere. And the church needs to come alive to that. How many people do you know that live in your realm of influence that that, that is falling apart. How many people do you know at work that are falling apart? They don't have hope. They don't have a future. And yet you have everything. You carry the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. You, you carry vision. You, you carry dreams. You know, I watched you worship. There's things in your life that God's bringing into alignment. Amen. Come on. He's healing and setting things um, free in your life. There's like all these hooks and all these chains and everything that have chained you down and hooked you down. God says, I'm releasing you from all that. And I'm bringing a restoration and peace and joy. And for, a first, for the first time in a long time, you actually feel free. You actually feel there's some buoyancy in your life. Is that correct? You get in there. Hallelujah. And guess what? We all get in there. There's none of these people sitting out tonight that can say, I'm there, I'm perfect, hallelujah. No, I've been made perfect, amen, come on. I've been made perfect. I'm on a journey. But the Bible says in Philippians 1.6, and I love the way Paul writes it, he says, I'm convinced of this very thing, that he who started a good work in me will bring it to completion, and he will develop it. How's he going to develop it? He's going to develop it by you getting into agreement and saying, God, I know without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that that which you started in me, you will bring to completion. But I'm going to have to step out by faith. And as I walk this walk of faith and lay hands on the sick and speak to people prophetically, Lord, that's how you develop me. So yeah, we have a church full of giftings, but they're underdeveloped. Have you ever been to gyms, like a gym where they push iron, push and pump iron? Have you ever seen some of those guys? They got arms like this, but they, their legs are like this. Skinny little legs. 
big bodies. Amen. Come on. I used to, I actually used to um, do um, weights as a sport. And my, and my coach used to say, don't forget them legs, brother. You don't want wishbone legs and a big body. You want to be well proportioned. Amen. Come on. And the church, we've been doing all sorts of different things with different giftings, but we're not well proportioned. We're out of proportion. And yet the whole world is looking at the church and God says, no, this is a season where I'm going to help you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to activate you. I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to draw you in to that first love experience that you cannot help yourself but tell somebody at, 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 at the coffee store or at the restaurant or at the bus station, you're going to get so excited. Amen. Amen. Yes. Come on. How many of you are excited? Yes. Four of you on this side, maybe three on that side. Let me tell you, all of you are excited. You can't be in this house and not be excited. You can't be in this atmosphere and not be excited. But I want to just provoke you a little bit. Amen, is that okay? I want to provoke you back to that place you were, a place where there was such, so much love, first love, that you had so much compassion that compassion drove you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Love drove you to a place where in the past you would never go because you felt so embarrassed. But you know what? We need to break that stuff off. Amen. Come on. Everybody in America, listen to me. We're having to deal with all these woke people, woke, woke cultures. Everybody is woking, but the church is not woking. Everybody else is coming out of the closet, but we're still in the closet. Come on, church. It's time to shine. It's for, we've got to put our lights on. We've got to be the salt of the earth. Come on, church. We've got to, you know what the Lord said to me? He said, this is a season where I'm creating a culture of, of, of courageous people. God says, I'm creating a culture of courage, a culture. There's going to be a culture of courage that's going to come on the church. Amen. Come on. There's going to be this, these characteristics of courage that's going to come on the church. And we're going to do things like the old pioneers did that couldn't care if they went to jail. How many of you know that John Wesley was jailed in our city, in Charleston, South Carolina? They jailed him because they were jealous of him. John Wesley. Because they, they sent out a rumor and said, this man was stealing money. And people were giving him money for orphanages in England. And they said he was pocketing the money, which was a lie. And when he got to Charleston, the Presbyterians, God bless them, they put him in jail. And you know what? He said, I'll never go back to Charleston. Never return to Charleston. And you know what? When the church doesn't rise up, when we aren't reliable, when we are not sustainable, when we are not believable, and we're not, we don't say what we mean, we don't produce what we say, the church, the people out there think that we're a bunch of nut fr fruitcakes. Amen. Come on. We've got to rise up in this season. And we've got to say, Lord, this is going to be a time that the prophets, listen to me, I, I wrote something on Facebook today. I said, you know what, I'm so thankful for Kim Clement. I'm so thankful for, for Prophet Kim because he was a guy that when he prophesied, it came to pass. There was a shift in the spiritual realm. He didn't just say a lot of stuff. And it's like, if you're prophetic and you've just been speaking stuff, don't talk for a while. With this thing with President Trump, everybody got on the bandwagon. Stop. Listen to the Holy Spirit. 
What is he saying? And this is what the Lord said to me today. He said, I am revisiting the wells. I'm going to birth forth the wells. I'm shaking all the plates and all the junk off the wells. And I'm going to release such an amazing powerful anointing through my wells and the wells are my people yes they're places but they're my people yeah. amen so start to get an image about what you look like to heaven how many know it's important what you look like to heaven because if you don't know what you look like to heaven you'll never speak to anybody about heaven you want to introduce them to heaven you want to introduce them to what you look like because the enemy wants to distort your image because the first thing he did with Jesus in the wilderness was this. He said, Jesus, who do you think you are? If you are the son of God, what was he implying? He was saying, you don't, you don't, don't you just don't dare think you are. And the same old ploy has been used by the devil. And we come with great intentions, well-meaning intentions. We come to church and we love on God and we love the worship and we love all the stuff we do in this place in this room but when we leave this room we leave our intentions behind and we've got to say no i've got to take all that that i've had in my spirit that i've received downloaded from god in this atmosphere i have to go out there now i've got to become an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven so that wherever I go, I'm releasing that anointing. I'm releasing that power. I'm releasing healing over everybody that comes into contact with me because I am revival. I want you to say that with me. I say, this is going to be my dry bone revival. You're going to come into contact with some dry bones. I'm telling you, you're going to walk past some valleys full of dry bones this week and I pray that you won't just be focused on where you're going, but you'll be listening to the voice of the king. And you will give some time. You'll pull back and you'll stop around and hang around some of those valleys because some of you are around a lot of dry bones. And some of you have been praying for years. And God says, I don't want you to pray anymore. I want you to decree over them. I want you to call those things that if they are, come on, we've been praying, Lord, will you please touch my mother-in-law? God, will you please heal her? Will you just save her? And you've been praying that for 15 years. Instead of walking up to your mother-in-law and saying, mother-in-law, you're the most loved person on earth. Can I wash your feet? What can I do to serve you? What can I do to serve this, this amazing um, city of Bradford? What can I do to serve the people that we don't really want to serve because they don't look like us and smell like us and talk like us? What can I do to help you? Can I serve you? Can I wash your feet? That's how we're going to touch a society. That's how societal change will come when we come out of our barracks. This is like a barracks. This is like a little fortress. And we are in our little fortress. And it's awesome. And I love it. But when we leave this door, please put your sword and your spears down and just walk around like you want to serve people. Yeah, I keep my sword in my scabbard. I have my shield. I have my, I have, I'm, I'm fully armed and dangerous. But I'm not walking around looking to see who I can destroy. I'm looking to see who I can serve. Come on, man. The two disciples are walking with Jesus. And some guys started throwing rocks at them. Some Samaritans. And, and they turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, can we call lightning out of heaven? And Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're from. See, that's how the church operates. We just want to kill everybody and bind everybody. 
I'm binding that demon and binding this. Yes, sometimes we have to take authority over nations and over cities. But let me tell you, the people that you come in contact with, they probably need to be delivered. They need to be set free. How are we going to see revival? People say to me all the time, hey, brother, go to the nations. And you know, it's not about people. And when you disciple nations, it's not about people. Just go and disciple nations. But it's not about people. How are you going to touch nations and disciple nations without people? It's for the people. It's one plus one is three. And then this three, and there's a multiplication that takes place. So, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we will just stop for a while, let me just get back into Mark. Just let me just read the end of Mark. Just let me just read the end of Mark. Because let me tell you, it says, When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. This is chapter 16, verse 9. She went and told those who had been with him and were in mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. I can take you to passage after passage after passage where the disciples that spent so much time with Jesus doubted. They didn't believe it. They, they ran away when he was being arrested. They ran. How many disciples congregated at the cross? One. Who was that? Mary and John. Where were the other dudes? And we're in the season where there's war and there's conflict. And it's like the church wants to get deeper into their trenches. And we want to protect everything that we have. No, this is time to give it away. This is the time to give everything away in terms of what you carry. You carry life. I'm telling you, that lady sitting at the back there, your life will never be the same again. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every generation that's attached to your life will change in the name of Jesus. Because it's not just about the year and now. It's about generations and peoples and lives and families and cities and nations. Amen. Come on. I grew up in a little town in the Western Transvaal. Do you remember when they still called it the Western Transvaal? I lived in a little town where there was only 6,000 people. It was so flat you could see tomorrow. And the crows had to walk around with shoes. That's how hot it got. <laughs> Little small place. What could come out of this place? What could come? And then suddenly I get saved. And I don't just get saved because I felt that I had to go to church. I got saved out of a neo-Nazi lifestyle. God saved me out of that. And I want to tell you, when I got saved, half our town got saved. So it wasn't like I just got saved and I was, no, everybody knew. David McDonald got saved. There must be a God. <laughs> All my friends got saved. Three years later, my mom and dad got saved and I had the privilege of baptizing them. There was a ripple effect that went throughout the whole community because of my salvation. The, sh the same should be happening with you right now. In Bradford, there should be a ripple effect in all of this society because you got saved and you're carrying God. Can you imagine being Mary? Went out to milk the chicken. Milk the chickens. Maybe that's prophetic. No, that's nonsense. She went out to milk the cows and came back carrying God. 
Hello, anybody home? What do you think? We see we glamorize that. We just read it real quickly. But an angel of the Lord spoke to her and said, hey, how's it going? Highly favored amongst all women. And she freaked out. Huh? Excuse me? What, who are you speaking to me? And he said, yes, you're going to carry Jesus. How do you explain that to your mom? I went out to pick some figs and I'm pregnant with God. I went to a meeting at Bradford and there was this crazy guy there and now I'm carrying a destiny to touch nations. All I wanted to do was just come and check him out, but now I'm carrying all sorts of stuff. I don't know how it happened. You see, I believe in part, impartations are happening on the earth. God's going to impart stuff to people. You're going to start getting stuff. You're going to start getting revived. You're going to start seeing things happen around you. The things that you've cried out to God for. You've been so faithful in the little, but God says, I'm going to make you ruler over much because you've been so faithful. You see, there's going to be an activity around your life. I just prophesied to you, but there's going to be an activity around your life that you weren't expecting. You just came to look. But God said, what's your name? But God says, you've come to look, but I'm going to come and I'm going to touch the very foundations of your heart. And I'm going to restore everything that the canker worm has stolen from you. All the things that you feel is out of reach, God says, I'm going to put it in your reach. And God, that always seems to be so out there, is going to become so close to you that you're going to smell and feel his breath. He's not going to be a figure of God. He's not going to be a historical God. He's going to be a papa for you. Because some of you have been sitting here thinking, God, I, I, I just, I, I, no, I, I, God says, no, I want to meet with you. What's your name? Yes. God wants to heal you. God wants to restore your heart. Come here. Put some little music on. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just put my glasses away. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to touch your heart. Look at me. God wants to restore back to you. Or everything. It's, I just see like these things that have become complicated. And God says, I want to take away the complication. I want to take away all the resistance. And I'm going to start giving you peace. Because you've been in war. God says tonight, I want to set you free from war. Just receive from Jesus. Just put, put, open your hands like this. Just receive from him. Because Jesus is doing such a beautiful work here. Because this is what you've been thinking. Look at me. You've been saying, God, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I'll do that. Blah, blah. And you've got all these different things. And God says, no, I just want you to be my daughter. You're born again. Then you're a daughter. You're a daughter of the king. Not just of anybody. You are a daughter of the king. The king. The king. And he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Even though when I saw you, I, I saw a picture of a little girl. Like this big. Three years old. Four years old. Just put a little bit softer. And you know what I saw? I saw a little girl full of fire. You kept everybody busy. When you were a kid. Is that true? Why do you think you've got all this fire? You've got all this passion. It's like when you get upset, your eyes actually go, it's like fire that comes out of your eyes. 
And God says, I want you to take that and I want you to put it into, into, into um, action by becoming that person that can actually operate in a governmental level, that can bring legal, legal and justice. You're, very, you're all about justice. Yeah. And so God wants you to turn, and so I just see you in this process where you, the confusions come in, the enemy's trying to lie to you and bait you, and the Lord says, I'm cutting off that chain where you'll no longer be baited to get into all sorts of stuff that you're not supposed to get into in terms of just worrying about this, getting into this discussion, into this argument. God says, no, I want you to get into peace and live from a place of peace, and all those things that seem to be out of alignment will come back into alignment. So just receive just receive Jesus touch her touch her touch her minister to her minister to her right now Jesus thank you Lord we thank you Jesus I just saw that like a, I just saw like a swimming cap come off your head it's like the enemy trying to pull this thing over your mind and God says I'm releasing you from that in Jesus name Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This man and his wife, are you guys together, this couple here? The lady with the, like the, uh, yes. You guys together? The other day I, say, asked, I said to somebody, hold hands. They didn't even know each other. <laughs> so please, that's why I asked now, do you know each other? I just feel, what is your name, sir? Alan and? Jenny, just put some music on again, please, my brother. But just a little bit soft. Thank you, Lord. Alan and Jenny. Father God, we just thank you. I just feel the Lord is saying to you, Alan and Jenny, stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Be watchmen on the wall. Speak over the plains and, and the areas that you see. It's like God is going to show you how to pray, how to stand, how to wait on God. He's going to give you the stamina, my brother, to be able to stand and be strong in the season. Don't be moved and feel that there's been too much opposition. And because of the opposition, don't shrink back, get bolder. Jenny, look at me. Keep on praying. Keep on speaking. Keep on declaring. God wants you guys to be a resource. You're a resource. There's no, there's no uh, expiry date. Use by date. I don't see a use by date. So get back into that place and say, God, we're going to model everything that we do around eternity. Every moment that we can take, we're going to speak, we're going to declare, we're going to have those those noon teas and high teas, and we're going to invite people to our home, and we're going to minister to those business people, and we're going to minister to those people that don't know the king. And God says, I'll show you what to say and how to say it, because it's, it's not just that we Christians, it's how we say it, how we actually apply what we carry. I sat down with a man yesterday in the hotel we were staying at. I just said, hi, how are you doing? And we started speaking, and the next thing, he just started weeping. Because I said that he was a good man. I said, you're such a great guy, and I just feel God wants to use you. And he just starts to weep. 
I'm thinking, this guy's not even a Christian. But you see, when people come into the presence of God, when they sense the presence, all the stuff just disappears. And they stand there just absolutely open for God to do whatever He wants to do. Amen. And we've got to learn that. We've got to learn how to take Jesus out of our storybook time and bring Jesus to somebody out there as a person. Amen? Come on. And you guys carry it something. You, Alan, you carry such a, such a heart of God. You're such a papa. You're like Mr. and Mrs. Abraham. Abraham and Sarah. No kids, though. She got a little bit nervous there. Like, <laughs> but I just feel the Lord is putting His hand on you tonight, and He's saying, be vigilant, be alert, and pray over your city. Thank you, Jesus. That lady sitting next to you, what's your name? Heather, come out here for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you sitting on this side need surgery in the next couple of days or weeks or months? Come, stand up. Come stand out here. Who else needs surgery? It's not just her. Who else needs some type of medical procedure in the next couple of weeks? That lady with the purple, come. Your brother, okay. Who else? Who in this side? There's medical stuff going on and needs to be dealt with. Don't procrastinate. Is that you? you do, come. Come, let's take advantage of the fact that God wants to heal. Just come and stand up front here. Just come and stand up front here. I, I want to pray with you first. In Jesus' name. What's your name? Vivian. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The process or the procedure, look at me, will be a great success. Amen? Because we need doctors. But I'll tell you what's, what's going to happen in the process. God's going to give you great faith to pray for the sick. He's going to give you great authority to pray for the sick. Amen? This is just a little season. And it's almost like you probably need to get out onto dry dock. You know, when a ship comes off out of the sea, they put it on dry dock and they refurnish the whole ship. I felt the Lord saying it's time for you to be refurnished, refreshed, invigorated, reminded. God says, I'm going to remind you of my love and my purpose for your life. So we're going to get into agreement that this procedure will be quick. It'll be a speedy recovery. And you'll come out of there really, really understanding your assignment. Amen? Because you've got much to do. Is that your husband sitting over there? Come stand here next to your wife. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can hold hands. Good. I have to remind all people all the time, hold hands, hold hands. And then the other day I said to somebody, did you have a fight on the way to church? They said, yes. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you that. So, Father, we just think, what's your name? Les and Viv. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's a scripture that I love to meditate on. And it's Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please.
And you guys have stood and stood and you have declared and you've waited on God. And the Lord says, because of that, I'll reward you. God is the rewarder of those who seek him. And you may be going through a little bit of a valley right now, but I'm going to tell you something. You, you, the, you're in the valley of the shadow of death, but it'll not touch you. I'm telling you. You'll come out on the other side and you'll be in rest. You'll be in peace. And people will come around you and say, wow, what a great testimony. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in him and through him and around him. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for Viv and, Lord, for what she's going to be going through. But, Lord, we thank you that the procedure will be, a, will be an absolute blessing. And, Lord, there will be a power in her testimony. In Jesus' name. Let me just say this to you, brother. I don't know how big uh, your family is, but I want to tell you, I just saw how God was also going to do a deep work in your family. Such a deep work that it's going to be absolutely, um, um, you're not going to be able to explain it to people. Amen? In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I just saw you strapping up um, running shoes and um, you were getting ready to run God says um, is this your church you're going to be I just see like an equipping taking place and I saw that you need to start to find out what happened to your teaching gift why was that buried and God says I'm going to bring it alive again I see God resuscitating your this beautiful gift to teach people the expression of the kingdom, creative gifts, artistry. It's on you. And it's like the enemy is trying to come, also try to just, if I can just pull this thing and push this thing, and then, she, yes, she can do all the stuff that I wanted to do in terms of worship's great, but there's, there's this part of your life that God's going to come and heal completely. Amen? Nothing missing, nothing broken. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what an impartation. Did you feel that? That's amazing. You know what that means? It's like there's like this, this the presence of God himself that, we, that you draw on, and then he just comes and goes, and then releases that. And he doesn't give you pieces. He gives you everything. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. That man sitting over there, are you with somebody, sir? Yes. How, how long have you been battling with your eyes? Or one eye? Since birth? Okay. So why don't we get into agreement? Because... When he formed you in your mother's womb, he actually formed you completely beautiful. And are we going to pray that that eye comes into alignment? Amen? Now, that's the first thing. The second thing I believe God wants to do with you. What's your name, brother? Ev, what does that stand for? Evans? Everts. Everts. God is giving you great confidence tonight. Great confidence. Come here. Is this okay just for a few minutes? 
Thank you, Jesus. Come, this lady, just come. Just come over here. And just come and stand next to that lady there. Let me just speak to this dear brother. No, just give me your hands. Give me your hands, sir. Just give me your hands. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> just receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Great confidence. Great confidence. And you will not lack any good thing. Betrayal has come to an end. No more betrayal, brother. No more things taken from you. But God says, I'm adding to you. I'm adding to you. I'm adding to you. I'm adding to you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And sometimes you've had to have such a good sense of humor. You've had to laugh because you couldn't do anything else. That's always been your defense mechanism. People said, oh, he's got such a good sense of humor, but they haven't known the pain and the stuff that you've had to deal with. Tonight, God says, I'm giving you keys, son. I just see God healing a whole generation of people in your household. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I see, Everett? You know what I see? Look at me. I want you to look at me, my brother. It's okay. I can buy a new one. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know what I see? I see you totally being set free. I see your family. Is that your daughter over there? Come here, daughter. I see God setting this family free. It's like everything you planted didn't bring forth the harvest that you wanted. What's your name? Gracie, this is going to be a year of jubilee. This is going to be a year of dancing and singing and joying the presence of God. This is not going to be a time of mourning. This is going to be a time of dancing. Amen. And you're going to see this man become the man he's always desired to be. And you know what I saw? Look at me. I saw you laying hands on people and seeing, I saw other men being healed. That's your heart. I saw people get healed. Healed. I saw you hugging people like I was hugging you. That's what I saw. And I saw your household becoming a place of great blessing in terms of others getting healed. Amen? One generation will lord it to the next generation and will lord it to the next generation. And I just saw that, you know, God's going to give you and your dad back three years. I see like three years. It was just one thing after the next. And listen to me. God says, I'm redeeming those three years back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. What's happening with your daughter? which seems to be out of control and almost inoperable in many drums of me. Total freaks out. Well, you know what? Jesus died for that. Yes. So God's going to astound some of the medical fraternity. 
Amen. So can we get into agreement? Okay, so Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into agreement. And we thank you, Father, that they will see such a turnaround. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity over this young woman. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I break its, its hold over this family. I break its hold over this family, over their minds. Father, in the name of Jesus, remove the spirit of infirmity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It's okay, just lay right there. Don't get burned by the heater. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lay there for a while. Just lay flat on your back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think it was that person that I was trying to pray for. Come, come. Thank you, come. Thank you, Lord. What is happening with your eyes? What's just happening? I just feel that there's been so much, almost like uh, unnecessary pressure in your body. For your husband, but also we need to pray for you. God wants to, look at me, God wants to heal you and restore back to your family, your household, your husband, the finances, time, all the stuff that's been stolen. It's like the enemies try to plunder you. But you know what? Because you're a woman of faith, look at me. Because you're a woman of faith, because you've stood in the gap, God's word is yes and amen. But look at me, listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to go home tonight and I want you to make some decrees over your family. And say, Father, I'm not going to lose my momentum. I'm not going to lose strength. Lord, invigorate me tonight to speak and declare over my family. Amen? See, the Bible says that those things that you declare, when we make a declaration, those things come to pass. Amen? Does, that, does the word say that? You've got to make some declarations tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen? You've got to start making some de declarations. Start making decrees. Decrees are like when the king comes and makes a decision and then puts his ring in the wax and seals it. That's a decree. And so you seal things in the spiritual realm. Amen? We're not waiting. Lord, maybe it'll happen. No, life rise up in you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Let life rise up in your husband. Walk around that place. Yes, there it is. You see, we've got to start walking in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Speak in the Spirit. Declare things in the Spirit. Look at me. You've got to draw a line in the sand tonight when you get home and say, that's it. Nothing can cross here anymore in the name of Jesus. We're not losing anymore financially. We're not losing ground. We're not losing territory. We're not losing family. We're not losing regions in the name of Jesus. What's wrong with your brother? Okay, so what's, what are they doing? Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, the first thing I want to dismantle over this man is fear and anxiety. And Lord, we thank you that this operation will be a great success. But more than that, Lord, I saw God. Look at me. What's his name? 
I saw God peeling away layers of his heart. Like layers, like people had written things on his heart that wasn't God. People have said things on his heart. It was like his heart became the canvas of everybody else's opinion. And his, form, his life has been formed by everybody else's opinion. I'd literally see God taking that canvas out and putting a new canvas in there. Even his mind's going to be different. Amen? And it's not like when you try and speak to him about some stuff about the spiritual things, it's like trying to break into a jewelry store. God says, I'm gonna, his door's going to be wide open. Amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This man carries great legacy. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Great legacy for your family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can tell Apostle Peter... It's just begun. It's just begun. Everything that he has cried out to God for, I saw him lying in his office, weeping, especially in the last two years, crying out to God, say, God, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? You can tell him from me, it's, it's begun. That which he's carried, I see him um, um, carrying this big bowl like a big wooden bowl, like this big, of water. And, and it's filled with water. But as he walked, he was sloshing it everywhere. And at first, he was, felt a little like, oh man, I'm just, I'm sloshing this stuff out. But God says, what he was sloshing out was my glory. And it's sloshing out all over South Africa. But not only South Africa, it's going to be sloshed out over Europe. It's going to be sloshed out over, over areas and nations that he's only been dreaming about and thinking about. It's begun. There is a great outpouring of God's glory over Springs, over Cape Town, over Johannesburg, over all those different areas. What he, what, what he started 10 years ago, 13 years ago, God says it's now coming to the fulfillment. It's like it's been the longest um, crop that he's had to look at. It's like coffee. You don't just go and plant coffee and then next year you have a crop. It takes seven years. And it's like he's been in these cycles where he's seen the crop, but it's never been a full crop. But now the cycle has changed. And the cycle that he now will come into will be the full crop. It'll be the full head. You can tell him. Everybody around him, his leaders, including you, I just feel this is the time. It has started. Amen? Amen. And it's not just going to be a little burst and it's going to be finished. It's going to be a continuous, supernatural outpouring that's literally going to touch the president. It's going to touch the different political parties. It's going to touch people in South Africa that they thought would never get saved. It's going to bring such an amazing revival of unity. You know, Mel Tari spoke a word in, in 1990. Let me think when it was. 88, 89, 90, around there. I was in Cape Town, and he came to a meeting, and Maltari prophesied that South Africa would become like a zebra. The nation would be like a zebra. Black, white, brown running together, and people from all over the world would come and see this animal run. And the Lord says it's begun. That's all I have. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait two more minutes. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. That young lady there with the green on. Come out here. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. This lady with the scarf. Got a big scarf around her neck, yes? Thank you, Jesus. The word I have for you is this. That as you worship, as you worship, you'll actually plunder hell and see people set free. There's, this, there's like this warring anointing on you for worship. And as you worship, I saw people around you getting set free, people getting healed, people saying, I went to this meeting and I don't know what happened. I just got this feeling and now I'm healed. See, that's what you carry. But the biggest battle many times you, you have and face in your own life is not realizing what you carry. God says you've got to become aware of what you carry. You've got to become aware of the anointing and the power that happens in you when you worship. Amen? Come on. You love worship. Does she love worship? You play any instruments? Not yet. When you're a little girl, you did. And then why? Why did you put it down? Because somebody told you that you couldn't carry a note. No, you've got to pick that stuff up again. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where do you go to church? Here? Stay right here. This is a well. And I saw you like one of the tradespeople that God's going to use to unlock the well. Be blessed. Come. What's your name? No more fear. No more fear. No more nightmares. No more feeling anxious and afraid and fearful and alone. See, that's where the enemy wants to take you, to those places where you feel alone. You feel vulnerable in those seasons. The night God wants to set you free. Amen? You're born again? Then you're a daughter of the king. And the enemy, the enemy, the enemy has been trying to trespass in territory that's not his. Come on. No. No, no nervous breakdowns in Jesus' name. And you know what? It's not going to be like this. It's going to be consistent because you're a mighty woman of God. You're, you're a believable. There's truth in you. There's life in you. You've got to see it. Amen? Greater is he in you than he that is in the world. And you know why the enemy is consistently trying to attack you? Because you're an evangelist. You've got this big mouth. You never, your mouth's never, you just talk. And, and the enemy says, well, if I can just shut her down and she won't speak about me, she'll be focused on the problem. You've got to rise up tonight. Go home like I told that other lady. You've got to do some warfare at home tonight. Amen? Come on, put that worship on. Come on, you're an evangelist. There's an anointing on your life to bring other people out of the woods. Enemy wants you to live in the woods. You're not supposed to live in the woods. Come out of the woods. Then I saw something else. God's going to give you such peace about your dad and just the healing that you've cried out God for so long. He's going to fix it.
Amen. Just that all those compartments of your heart that people don't know about. And sometimes we have to bring it out into the light so Jesus can shine his light on it and deal with it. The Bible says, be subject to God, resist the devil, and he must flee from you. Amen. And so there's times that you feel so good. There's like you feel like a surfer in Hawaii, surfing the big waves. And then there's times you're in the slums. And it's like the Lord's saying, no, one of the areas is, God says, I'm, I'm going to heal that whole thing about your, your dad. Amen? Okay? So just tonight, look at me. Tonight, paint your face. With some black is beautiful. You know what that means? Get into warfare mode. Amen? Come on. When we went into war, we didn't put white and we didn't put green and yellow. We put all, uh, we painted our faces so we could blend in, so we could do warfare. And you're in a warfare mode. This is not an abortion mode. You're not going to be aborting dreams anymore. You're not going to be aborting those things that the enemy wanted you to. God says, no, this is going to be a season where I want you to carry it full term. Amen? In Jesus' name, put your hands up in there and say, Lord Jesus, I'm running for gold. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are my savior, that you are my covering, that you're my healer, that you're my deliverer, that I'm your daughter, that I'm an Esther. I have, I have, I'm walking in total recovery. I'm a Ruth, and I'm about to inherit my field. In Jesus' name.